It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. I know, I know, you missed us, but we are back. Not like we disappeared off the face of the earth, but in coincidence with, you know, certain holidays, New Year's Day, Christmas, that kind of thing, we decided to give Full Speed Ahead just a few weeks off. But since we last talked, Michael Kelly, a few things have happened. In fact, our last show was a few days before the Boca Bowl. We're not going to relive it play by play, but let's go back there and get to more recent events after that. It's still fresh in your mind, I'm guessing. Uh, let's do relive it. It was really good. <laughs> the no, kickoff no. was awesome. <laughs> the Happy New Year's uh, edition of uh, Bull Speed Ahead, but uh, <laughs> no, obviously, I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday. Um, but uh, what a great way to go into it was was not only uh, you know a number of great wins by our men's and women's basketball program, but certainly just a just a dominating and great performance on all levels for our. For our football team to win 45 nothing in front of a good crowd, a great crowd of uh, Bulls supporters for sure, and then over a million people watch that game on television nationwide to kind of know that the uh, that the Bulls are uh, building and arriving and had a, and put a great uh, exclamation point on a on a very very good first season for for Alex Kolish and his staff. It was something to watch because we're so I was going back on the bus with women's basketball. We're so used to seeing what we had seen throughout the course of the season, and 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 it don't even naturally think of it from a what the other people that haven't watched the Bulls all year long are seeing and they got to see the best representation so that probably doesn't hurt as far as a reaction and that kind of thing yeah to, to see a, again a dominating performance and one that kind of put everything together we had some we were kind of up and down all year had some really great performances a couple of quarters here and there are really good but to be able to put together a full game together play to the ability that I'm sure all the guys are very proud of you know really came together well really proud of the whole not only football staff but but the entire athletic uh, administration that that worked so hard during that month to, to make it happen because it was great to on many levels to, to be able to execute and sell our ticket allotment out quickly so that's just a testament to our fans that were excited and, and came out and in, in droves to, to, to do well you, you know had great uh, Great coverage, great social media surrounding the the whole event, the whole week down in down in Boca. Academic stuff still went on. Great to kind of finish off strong and get the kind of academic performance, which I know we'll talk to in a minute. But the, just uh, just a great great turnout to have the band, Spirit Squads, come down there in big way. I thought the, even Coach Golish alluded to the band in his post game remarks about how they brought juice and and really kind of brought a lot of great positive energy. And then to finish that game, play as well as he did, and it was kind of like a in essence, the students that came in a big, big number, and our band, and everyone was kind of being on the field, was just a just a great, great, joyous moment in, in USF uh, football history. And just reliving that part of it, and it was a game that actually, for a normal game's length, was over at a reasonable time. But did you? Were you one of the people that turned around and made the trip back to the Yingling Center the next day? Because there was a game the next day. Oh, it was day. definitely the next day, but I did sleep for a few hours before I drove back. But, okay. uh, but 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 there were a handful I know of, <laughs> of, of our staff that went back that night. But I uh, I did sleep a few hours and went back. But yeah, went back for a good men's game the next day. Hey, before we get into basketball, and we're not going to give every single final score because it's been about ten games since. But in general, it's been really good uh, for both teams. Uh, let's stick with football and something that is happening as we're taping this on a Monday tonight. So retrospectively, congratulations to Michigan or Washington. Uh, but is the national championship game, and why we bring it up here is because when this college football playoff was actually created, it was 10 years ago, 
and you were the CEO. So can you just think back to, you know, what that was all like for you? <laughs> yeah, how about how about that? Just a, you know, the college football playoff uh, is a special part of my uh, my career. Very honored to have served our, our players, coaches, and certainly the the ten commissioners that that hired me at the time to uh, to help put that together. And uh, uh, my main part of my role was to be able to first identify the six bowls that were involved with the with the semifinals and the New Year's Six Bowls, and then ultimately to kind of create the the championship weekend, the championship activities, and, and kind of move and select the the championship site. So this year here in Houston was actually the last one that I was kind of the staff person to to lead the. Uh, site selection process so this this was this feels like the last one i was a nice. part of <laughs> um if you will but uh you know looking back it's been a great success i know people have uh you know there's always going to be criticisms of the committee's ultimate decision but at the end of the day it's been a huge evolution of of college football thinking back to uh you know for before the bcs was even established there was just years of of chaotic uh, bowl games which were very exciting but it was ultimately determined by ultimately sports writers or, or observers of the game. And then we, after in about 2000, we got to the BCS model. And then after, what, 10, 15 years of that, people got tired of that, realized that they needed <laughs> another evolution that got us to four. And now we know next year we'll be moving from four to 12, which will be uh, exciting. So when you look at the history of college football, this is a great next step. But, uh, but yeah, this is a sp- special day. People should realize just how successful the CFP has been in terms of numbers, in terms of ratings, in terms of attendance and and it's kind of uh, quickly become uh, in essence the second biggest uh, sporting event and in, in um, annual sporting event in American uh, in American sports sports history so it's pretty cool it's really cool and i think it's it's perfectly fitting uh, to see how first of all the great the games have been and the semifinals anyway again we're taping this before the championship game which i anticipate to be a good game uh, but also how based on what happened this year this was the one year where i think the committee had to make a really tough decision an impactful one either way somebody was not going to be happy i happen to think they made the right decision but it also shows for people that think they made the wrong decision that the expansion to 12 is at the absolute perfect time uh do you know uh, i think it's going to be the five plus seven do you know if uh people are generally in agreement with how it's going to go next year or there's still some sort of holdouts or variance of opinions to a big degree yeah i think there's going to be uh, i think people are excited about it and assuming they stay you know as a matter of background remember they went to six and six the six highest rated champions and then six at large but then with in essence the disintegration of the pac-12 uh, i know the commissioners have been speaking and are probably even voting on today about about potentially going to that five to seven model which would still Provide again. It's not necessarily the P4, if you will, that get the spots. It's truly the top five, the top five rated champions. So that could come from any of the ten. Yep. But no, you know, we understand the reality of uh, and likelihood of that. But it still, in essence, leaves a very good opportunity for the uh, champion of the American to have a have a real legitimate chance of getting into the college football playoff. And that's been the cornerstone of our of our whole vision for what we're doing here in football with the increase in. Uh, what we've done with facilities and ultimately obviously with our our goal in the ion enterprise being able to play in the college football playoff and have a legitimate route to, in, into that so just to break it down into bulls fans terms as i'd like to do here on bull speed ahead just assume the sec champion the big 10 champion then south florida and then either <laughs> <Why not? laughs> i'm telling you it's it's something we can at least think about and i'm, I'm again a big fan that's what uh, we're all all building toward and i think interestingly from a sports business standpoint i think tonight's 
this game between Washington and Michigan, I expect to have extremely high high ratings. And and some people might say, oh, maybe not as much as normal when we had Alabama and Georgia. And it's really quite uh, logical when you think about it because I go back to the very first game currently has, I think, the highest ratings, uh, you know, 10 years ago. It might be the second highest at this point, but one, number one or number two. Now, part of that could have been the uniqueness of being the first CFP national championship, but what the experts at sports media and, and, and ESPN kind of, uh, you know, identified was the fact that you have a Pac-12 team, in this case uh, uh, Washington, playing a Big Ten team in, in Michigan, which is going to bring all those, you know, the whole Midwest to, to bear, and then they kind of take the logic that Pretty much everyone in the southeast watches anybody play football. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so, football and the fact that you get that little corner of the yeah. northwest with with on the Pacific coast, which maybe might not be the normal diehards, when you kind of put that all together huh. with two very you know undefeated and and obviously very good teams that should should lead to what I think will be a darn near record uh, uh, viewership. Uh, and we want to talk about stressful. You know, talk about playing a game game like that. I remember probably the most sounds silly, but when I look down at this. Uh, CFP logo right here. When we first developed the state of the uh, trophy, both the logo and ultimately the trophy, because the trophy's basically a come to life of the actual. Wait, you were logo. involved in this part? Oh yeah, and, and so I remember being so stressed out because the first time we didn't have time to really redo this trophy again, <laughs> and we had to bring it into ESPN and to the, all the commissioners at the same time. So I remember. Uh, bringing that in just hoping everybody said this is pretty good this is it. <laughs> we like it because there was such a love uh for the crystal trophy which was really cool and people still get that they might not know that but they still get that trophy because that's really the trophy of the coaches association so uh, oh. the team still has what used to be referred to as the bcs trophy, but really it's the afca coaches trophy and then this was the brand, brand new one so again anytime you bring something new to the fray everyone's going to compare it and not sure but I, I'm, I'm proud of the way that it's kind of become uh you know, iconic in its own right already in 10 years that people people know that that's a special trophy. They identify it, and they know it's a symbol of excellence. I can vouch for it. I mean, you're, we're sitting in your office. There's the iconic you all over the place, the bull you. Uh, and and you have, I don't know, it's a part um, coaster. Mouse pad. Mouse pad. It is a mouse pad. Okay. Th- that is the mouse pad. That is the same mouse pad that they use in the selection committee room where they, where they do the, yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that the only one you have? Uh, I have one over there, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Darn it. Okay, well, next time you see one, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting it. But if you see one, It's been it, around for eight years. I mean, who really? knows? So, yeah. Oh, man. It must be just uh, eye on the prize. Hey, we'll get back to USF, but we're taping this actually on a Monday afternoon because you got to get on a plane tell people what's going on. Yeah, this is to be in addition to CFP week, which I wasn't able to attend the festivities. I was able to go with uh, men's basketball uh, yesterday to uh, Birmingham, but uh, um now we the NCA convention starts tomorrow in essence, <laughs> and so uh, I currently serve as the chair of what's called the Competition Oversight Committee, as we've talked about before. That right. kind of uh, looks into issues regarding uh, pretty much every championship, with with the exception of football and basketball. So uh, we just got kind of have a meeting to go over that and kind of see uh, where things stand. A lot of that will get a great report on the brand new television contract that the NCA just oh, signed right. to bring great exposure to all the Olympic sports and women's basketball. So that'll be very good to talk about and hear about and then they'll uh, then i also sit on the ncaa uh, d1 council as we talked about and we'll have a so t- on tuesday will be the coc meeting on wednesday will be the council meeting and that will you know have a lot of things that we'll introduce in the legislation but we'll also hopefully make some moves as it relates to in- increased guidelines related to nil legislation and i think that's one of the bigger things that we'll discuss and, and vote about and then the final day on thursday that i'll be there is uh Mostly, uh, the board has a meeting, which kind of uh, the ultimate, the ultimate body of the NCA that will they'll make any f- final decisions they may they may make, and we have a chance to visit with the SAC uh, 
the okay. national SAC group. So uh, Leo from from Women's Golf will be uh, not only the representative uh, for USF, but she is the not not every school has a representative. Every conference has a representative, so she's representing the American Athletic Conference oh, this week. So it's really cool. Yeah. Leo Medeiros is going out there with you guys. Yep, that's yep. She awesome. will be the. Uh, so that's a cool deal. We'll have a we'll have a USF student that will be. Uh, Representing the American at the uh, convention, basically, so that's pretty All right. cool. Well, I'll chat her up when she gets back. I'm gonna chat you up here when you get back, and I think you maybe we should have her on at the next. We'll have her on next episode. Please, we'll let's talk do about it. That, yeah. Let's do that. And by the way, do they need more than one day to t- cover the NIL topic? Probably. <laughs> oh my god! It'll undoubtedly be the <laughs> biggest topic, and 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 it'll lead into the board of directors meeting as well. But uh, <laughs> we've, uh, as we've talked about before, there's a uh, there's some legislation in place right now to kind of have one committee has been focused on student athlete protections trying to find ways of disclosing deals, uh, putting templates together for contracts to be able to protect students and to have more transparency in the overall process. And then there will be introduced legislation related to uh, clarifications regarding recruiting and then also how much the institution can get involved. So I anticipate, uh, unlike now where we have to really be an arm's length removed, I think uh, institutions will be able to be increasingly involved okay. in terms of helping you know, pull, pull deals together, still not be able to compensate the student athlete for their... And I know that still has to come from the outside source, but uh, but still being able to provide more support and more uh, more opportunity. I think that's a wise idea. Well, we kind of veered off, but a lot of interesting things that obviously you're dealing with, and we'll get back to uh, what's been happening locally on Bull Speed Ahead. Since we last left basketball, you mentioned being there in Birmingham. What a game that was. Uh, until that game, they hadn't lost. And and I, I know I mentioned to you my, my buddy that was visiting from New York. We ended up going to that game and had an enjoyable time watching them beat Alabama State with the school record for three-point makes in a game. I just – I and the women's basketball announcer, those are the games that I obviously have to be at. I don't have to go to men's basketball games, but I want to go watch this team. Went back and watched them against Temple, and I know a lot of fans did as well. Was hanging on everything against UAB. Uh, this is a team that is not just fun to watch, as we've covered in the past, but they're really competitive and maybe better than that makes it sound. Yeah, they very much are, and I can sense uh, increasing interest in our in our team. You can see the crowds continuing to build and – um, I think a lot of, obviously, most of the credit for that belongs to uh, Amir and just the types of way he's engaged this community and this campus and been very transparent about what he expects out of his players. And, and I think that's uh, what, it, what he does is a great job of communicating with his players, too, that they uh, expect maximum effort every game, uh, wants to make it a fun experience for them, but one that we're here to here to win and compete. And uh, you're right, they come to compete every night. and. Fell a little bit short uh, yesterday at, at Birmingham, but it was a really, really physical game, really hard-fought game, and and uh, we're still right there. He's he's stressing to them that hey, this this league is uh, totally up up for grabs, and they believe it, and I believe it, and and uh, our fans need to believe it. And let's get out there to our next game on. Friday night and, and try to get another win against Rice on Friday night on national television. You talk about how open it is. I mean, FAU got beat by Charlotte the other day. They look they're really good, but they're gettable, I think. Anyway, Memphis is a team that the Bulls will play soon. And UAB is one that's been very strong for the last several years, and they were, again, right there with them on Sunday afternoon. Expectation-wise, do you get from Amir and his group that it's all sort of sinking in and, and they – They've gone from being this, oh, let's just see how it goes to, you know, next step kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, as he said it from the date of his uh, press conference that he's uh, he's here to establish a, a winner. He, he, he knows who knows how long that takes. You want to do it the right the right way. But, uh, uh, you know, we've we've had some ups and downs in the early part of the season. But you can really see people gelling together that the guys are believing in what he's teaching, that he and his staff are extremely good teachers. 
And uh, again, when you bring maximum effort and have some really talented guys, it, it makes for a team that people like to watch. And it's a style that I think people like to watch play. And and uh, and again, even what's happened with the social media <laughs> and other things, it's been it's been fun. It shows that they're having both a good time, like in being with each other, but also take it take it really seriously. And of course, I'm alluding to uh, to uh, our man Chris Youngblood having uh, <laughs> having a very special water bottle. But we're gonna get good things for him. Yes, uh, actually, but the fact that he what I loved about it. Was that rolled with it? He rolled with it, and in fact, we were walking into the press conference, and I had not seen this yet. I didn't know about it, but when we were walking into the press conference, the post game last that night, he actually showed it to me on his phone. We were walking in, laughing at himself. So it's nice to see young people not taking themselves too seriously. I'm going to put a pun intended bug into his ear uh, with his teammates that next time they get a big win, which will be pretty soon, go into the locker room, and you know when they usually squirt water on the coach, everybody squirts the water at the ceiling <laughs> and jumping up and down. Turn it upside down, right? <laughs> and I can tell you, um, and I know you got to see in person the game, but I'm buddies with Lyndon, who used to be around here now. She was doing sidelines. She works out of Birmingham, and she said she just messaged me after the game. That, that Chris Youngblood is like a coach on the floor, and he is a guy that everyone – it's not just him, obviously. Jaden Reed, the freshman. Selton Miguel looks like a different guy, three-point shooting. Case and Pryor, really fun to watch. Sam Hines, Brandon Stroud, all these effort guys. But Chris Youngblood in particular, I, I think people appreciate his shooting, but they sh- should appreciate everything about him. Yeah, you can tell he's got great leadership skills, and the guys look to him. Uh, obviously, Amir thinks a lot of him and, and brought him and a couple other his teammates down from Kennesaw, but you can really tell Chris has totally totally bought into uh, the way that Amir builds his program, the way he teaches, and the way he coaches, and he can kind of help be another coach on, on the court. So I remember hearing Jose in one of your interviews recently talking about how Ariel could very well be a coach if she wanted to in the future. I can I can see Chris doing that, too, yes. if that's something he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Ari Wilson and the women's basketball team uh, took a tough one against Charlotte the other night in overtime, but again, another example of there's some newcomers to this conference that are very talented. But yeah, she played more than 40 minutes and did not score a point, but had nine rebounds, which is a career high, and five assists, and all these great defensive plays. And although it's been up and down for the women's basketball team, I think we knew with who they lost and then when Sammy Puises got injured for the season that it was not going to be easy regardless. But again, promising signs that we're talking about uh, not playing up to their quote-unquote standard, but they're 10-6 and six and Two and one in the conference, and still a very fun team to watch. Oh, exciting team to, to watch. Uh, obviously, uh, Romy Levy's coming on really oh, strong. Had a thirty-two point effort the other night, and you know we're going to battle and, and still still go to work to claim this regular season title, or certainly get ready for Fort Worth to to uh, to win that championship. So there's it's still everything we want is still right in front of us. Yeah, looking forward to Fort Worth, even though we got a lot of time in between now and then, and I just have a feeling both Bulls teams are going to have something to say there. Uh, we've got some sports that are about to start, but let's, uh, before we transition from sport to sport and wrap it up, uh, always want to highlight when it comes out, work in the classroom. And again, if you had to go usfbulls.com, you could get all the details you'd like, but more success uh, for another semester for all of the student-athletes. Yeah, for an 18th straight semester to see cumulatively all 500 student-athletes have an over a 3.0, many, many teams setting, you know, record GPAs for for them times, having a, uh, you know, very high uh, graduation success rate, which is, I think, over 87% right now. So all these things are really, really good. And I just want our fans to realize not only does that take such a huge commitment from our student-athletes to really go the extra mile to obviously do what their main mission is, um, but just so many people in academic services and the faculty and and uh, that just work to really hard and, and really cooperatively to kind of make sure that our students get what they need to succeed. And it's been really, really good to see this continued trajectory of, 
of great success. And and when you think about it, everybody that's housed in our building here in the Selman Athletic Center, but everyone that's housed in what we call the Fishman Family Student Athlete Enrichment Center is all focused on. I mean, we got our compliance folks there that are helping them with financial aid and things of that nature. You got all their academic services people and tutors. You've got the, their mental health professionals. You've got everyone involved with uh, student athlete enhancement and uh, enhancing you program and Selman Mentoring Institute. So it really is. What it was designed to be that everything that can make them, everything our students need to be successful offside their sport itself is all in that building, and it's really paying off and showing that kind of success. And going on the road with these teams, uh, Joey G was there uh, with compliance with the women's basketball team, so they don't not just here, they, they offer their services on the road as well. Uh, we don't want to single too many out, but, again, if you want to go to GoUSFBulls.com, uh, football's always going to have the highest number, but it should be pointed out, first year Alex Golish setting the school record as far as amount of players, student-athletes that got on the on honor roll. roll. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, leading the uh, teams as far as GPA, Erica Brennan, as far as the women's side goes with women's golf. Love that group. We talked about Leo Maderos. And special shout-out for uh, two reasons. For his team, Ashley Fisher in men's tennis, leading the way among men's programs. But why else are we shouting out Ashley yeah, he's been Fisher? Yeah, spon- he's been the sponsor of your and mine <laughs> snack and refreshments during this episode. We've got uh, He brought me a special uh, box of Tim Tams, which are a great chocolate uh, cookie delicacy that he brings to me from uh, down under when he revisits home for the uh, for the holiday so thank you to coach uh, fisher congratulations on the on the grade point average but thanks for the uh, thanks most of all yeah what do they what, what do those shows usually say a special uh, promotional uh, yes, considerations, to, to, considerations. <laughs> so, so. To, uh, tim tam <laughs> which by the way ash if you're listening i think you'd actually get in Publix, but thanks for bringing it to us right from australia and actually, the um, season kicks off for them in a, a couple of weeks, but this Saturday at the tennis courts, I think between 11 and 1. Yeah, kind of a new thing that we're trying this year to, to just kind of help uh, continue to elevate and and uh, promote our, our tennis programs better. But they, they're so great with the community. They've done clinics throughout the years and stuff, but just a lot of just great ways for our fans and young people to interact with our tennis teams uh, coming up this this weekend. So look at, for the details on our on GoUSFBulls.com, and uh, let's get the tennis season started off right. And as we wrap it up, we'll look at the composite calendar on GoUSFBulls.com, and it shows that track and field is in Gainesville this weekend to start off the indoor season. So last but not least, a, a, a program that made some ro- inroads last year starts it off this season. Yeah, well, they won two national championships last year, so <laughs> let's see good. how they can start off this year. <laughs> no, it's great. The Jimmy Carnes uh, Classic is always a big big deal for the start of the indoor season so uh, i know our kids are ready to go and excited to participate and compete up in up in gainesville i think we covered it all also just to make you guys jealous here at the selman athletic center there's even bigger blown up versions of the renderings that you've seen online (laughs) can people look forward to seeing anything else or is that it for renderings for a while well we think that's probably at least for a couple couple months we're really focused on our spring game which we'll when we get more details we'll we'll focus around then and like to uh, be able to be positioned around that time to be able to show more and to be able to i want to be able to go to market to start really actively selling the uh uh, naming rights uh, around that time and that'll take some time but you want to you want to have more to show a potential uh a potential uh, sponsor for for our namesake for the future. Maybe the Tim Tam Club. <laughs> Just kidding. If Tim Tam's <laughs> listening, we're, we're we're open to a conversation. If Tim or Tam are listening, <laughs> hey, thank you very much, Michael. I like your idea to bring back a special guest. We'll bring back the mailbag, but we had a lot to catch up as you heard this time around. Yeah, it's a great way to start the year. Appreciate everyone for for listening, and look forward to yeah next. Be, be sure anytime you want to uh, reach out to Derek uh, Sharp on the. Uh, on on his uh, social media that's a great way to kind of let him uh, know of questions you have we'll be glad to answer him and address them and uh, 
and we'll start bringing some more special guests back into uh, Bull Speed Ahead in the, in the episodes ahead. Happy New Year and go Bulls!